Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Sports Facts, Stats, and Smacks with Kevin and Avery. I'm super excited for this one. I've been trying to uh, think of some race puns <laughs> that we can use, but we have a special guest today. It's not just Kevin and I speaking, so we have another Kevin with us. Kevin, Mr. Smiley, thanks for coming on. I'm excited, and I know Kevin's more excited for this than I am, so why don't you do a little introduction where Mr. Smiley's from? And All right, awesome. Yeah, like... Well, we reached out to uh, Edmonton International Raceway, I want to say. Yeah. And um, just, you know, race season's a busy season for everyone involved. And a few weeks ago, I heard from Kevin and he was super stoked to be able to come on and talk about next season. Now that there's a little bit of a lull, racing's always been a huge passion of mine. Um, just grew up watching it and just. You know, now my kids watching it, so it, it's awesome to be able to actually discuss it in detail now. Right on. So well, uh, thanks, th- thanks lot, for coming uh, in. No, thanks a lot, Kevin and Avery. It's a pleasure to meet you guys. Um, I love talking racing, especially at our wonderful short track Edmonton International Raceway. By the way, which is the only NASCAR sanctioned track in Western Canada, huh. but you guys didn't know that one. Didn't know. I did not know. Did not know that. <laughs> no, there we go. So there's something new for you. See, Kev- Kevin should have known this because Kevin's a bigger race fan than I am. I I enjoy racing. Like I I enjoy watching it, but I think Kevin's more of the. Uh, he can tell you every racer that ever raced, and I can tell you some. <laughs> <laughs> so I know Kevin's super excited for this more than I am. So, um, well, I've actually been pretty excited too to talk with you guys. So nice. Um, so whatever you guys want to ask me, let's uh, let's begin. As we say in racing, my green flag is down. Let's go for it, guys. Let's go. Nice. <laughs> so with you having said that that's the only sanctioned NASCAR track in Western Canada, I remember years and years ago when Calgary had Race City, they right. were looking at bringing in what was then the Bush Series. And mm-hmm. our wonderful government down here decided, no, we want to use that land for a landfill. Would that have worked out with two tracks in Alberta under them, or did something bounce up to you guys after it flopped down here? Um, that was well before my time of being involved at Edmonton International Raceway. Um, but um, in my opinion, it would have been great to even have them, uh, the Bush Series, uh, down in Calgary racing as well. You know, it brings more exposure for racing in general in Alberta, period. You know what I mean? Uh, we want to grow the sport. It's the sport of racing in general has been dwindling lately. You know, it's been stagnant. You know, it's time to revive racing. Let's Absolutely. go. It's you know, let's get people back out to the racetrack. It is so affordable and so much fun. People think racing, oh, guys driving around in circles. Well, it's not. Not when you go out to the short tracks, especially the short tracks. So much more exciting, the bumper to bumper, door to door, beating and banging, defenders just clanging. And it's just, you, you can tell the enthusiasm in my voice. I just love short track racing. And just to be a part of it at this level from a driver, well, former driver standpoint, now on the announced team, that was just a dream come true for me. As a, as a kid growing up from eight years old, seeing my first race what was then known as the cast car series yep. in Cayuga Speedway back in Ontario was when I first saw my very first car race 
And then every summer going down to a small town called Cornwall, Ontario, which is right on the border of the St. Lawrence River with Messina, New York. Um, they have a little short uh, one-mile dirt track, Cornwall Motor Speedway. And to go and see some of the dirt modifieds and the World of Outlaw series racing down there, that was just even more like two thumbs up for a race kid like me. And then to move out to Alberta and to discover 45 minutes south of Edmonton in a town of called Wetaskiwin, here is Edmonton International Raceway. Man, what a fantastic racing we put on out there. And it's not just we, it's we put on a show. It's the drivers. It's everybody behind the scenes. Um, and the fans. We do it for the fans. It's a, it's a whole family. Like, you know, as you said, with the fans. Absolutely. I've been to a few races in the States. And, I mean, I'm sure it'd be the same up here also. It doesn't matter if you've got a Tag Lanny um, hat or a DJ Kennington hat or Kyle Bush and a Kevin Harvick. There's never any beef in the stands. You just all get together, have a beer, and have fun. It doesn't matter who you cheer for. We're all race fans. Yeah. Okay. And it is. It, it's bringing in the younger generation. It, we, we need the younger generation. And if it's not for our, our kids, our grandkids, uh, the sport's going to die. And we don't want it to die. It's just so much fun to get involved. And to watch our mini cup drivers out there, these are kids and they're eight years old, fearless kids running around the racetrack. This was just awesome to see. And they put so much passion and drive into it as the 40, 50, 60 year olds that race out there as well. You know, um, it may be local short track racing, but it's extremely competitive. I can't, can't, I can't stress that enough. I mean, we are weekend warriors, but we are also competitors out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and in particular, um, when I was racing, there's one guy, he helped me out every single time I ran into trouble. And he is, he finally got our championship this season in the super stock class. And he's worked so hard for it. I want to give a shout out to Mr. Mike Ram. Um, he was, he's a person that's going to stand out in my mind because he always helped me whenever I had a problem in, in the pits. He was right there to give me a hand, um, to give me the advice needed. Um, you know, he was right there. And congratulations to Mike. He worked hard for it. So That's I had awesome. to give a, a shout out to him. And I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for three people in my life. Ron and Loretta Thiering. You know, they've given me the opportunity to work with them together at the racetrack. I got to know them very well. And they're great folks. Fantastic people. I do everything, anything for them out there. And my, my wife, Carmelita. Um, without her she's the one that helped me and pushed me to get involved at this level at the, at the racetrack. So I'm just happy to have that opportunity and to talk about it. Yeah. And that, I mean, and you, you hear that from the majority of people in the sport, you know, I mean, so much dedication between the family at home and the kids at home or the people at the track, as you said, you getting helped out in the pits and then within the organization itself, and just being able to do what you really enjoy makes everything a lot easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when I got the email at the first part of the season and Loretta was asking me to become track DJ, I'm like, okay, no problem. I had so much fun because last year I raced and then I'm not able to race anymore due to a neck injury. 
Oh. Yeah, so I it is, I do require neck surgery, so I'm going to be going in for fusion surgery. Um, that's going to be coming up sometime in the early part of the, of the new year. The doctor assures me I'm going to be fine for upcoming race season, which is going to be great. But I was wondering, what am I going to do? What's it going to be like being out at the racetrack, not racing anymore? Um, and then to have that opportunity to, to spin tunes, as I say, and entertain <laughs> the fans and, you know, be a part of the show and to get everybody all hyped up for the night's racing. And then the guy, and then the guys and gals hit the track with their cars and, it's just it, it's just a great show. Family, affordable, fun entertainment is what I call it, and that's exactly what it is. It's family. It's family oriented. It's fun. It's very affordable uh, compared to anything else that you could do for for the price around our area. Edmonton International Raceway cannot be beat when it comes to value for the buck. Twenty bucks is what we charged for the admission last season and we had an increase in attendance. Well, that's people, awesome. Nice. People were like, Oh yeah. The main grandstands were nearly at capacity every single race weekend out here. Um, Pinty's guys, when they came to town, Oh, that was just fantastic after the, the COVID break. Cause they basically raced in Ontario and Quebec and to have them come back here and just the energy from the crowd early on in the day. Cause my day I was out bright and early at the racetrack helping out. We did the stenciling. If you guys, um, Kev, you were talking that you saw the um, CSN footage of the bear 300, yep. all the stenciling that was on the, on the front stretch. We did that that morning. Uh, we set up the stencils and we had a whole team of people out there. Um, they painted it um, with my direction. I was off doing about three different duties at the time. So I said, here, set up the stencils. Let the team do it. <laughs> I stood up in the st- top part of the grandstand. I looked down. I guided them. I'm like, yeah, perfect. We were the first track in Canada, like on the NASCAR Pinty Circuit, to actually do that. Nice. Okay. Um, and it, it looked really awesome on film, especially when, when they had the on-screen camera underneath the chassis. And Kevin Lacroix came sliding around, and he's going right over the Pinty's logo. I mean, I, when I saw them do that on the track, I'm like, oh, man, you're wrecking the stencils. You're wrecking the stencils. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it looks so awesome to, to do that. And then to see the NASCAR officials and the Pinty's drivers and officials walking by the stencils that day and taking the pictures of it, that was pretty cool. You know, that's it's something that was thing. never – it was. It was pretty cool. And to hear some of the NASCAR officials um, when I was up in the tower with them doing the bro- uh, they were doing the broadcast, doing their thing inside the tower. And I was, you know, with them and they were saying they, how much they love the openness of Edmonton International Raceway, how you could see every bit of action going on. And even though it looked open, it was it was um, intimate for the fans. The fans were right there. It was. It's just the experience that we put on out here for the race fans in general. Um, You know, uh, the up close personal with the drivers on both the um, local level as well as the the Pinty's level. I mean, uh, the access was just tremendous to go and talk to the drivers beforehand. Um, 
to get the hero cards, to to see yeah. the kids walking up to the drivers and the drivers giving the autographs and everything like that. It was just love it. Love that experience. Now, you don't I, get that anywhere. And I was just about to ask you, and you just answered it, which is awesome, is that in the States, I mean, first of all, Edmonton International Raceway, as you said, it's very open. I haven't had a chance to get to the track, but I've been to Kansas in 2019 for the fall race. And the mm-hmm. tracks are very similar. And you have a lot of the drivers that get out or a lot of the teams that put on a show outside of the, the, the track. That you can, As you said, the kids and the adults, they can all go to the different areas and talk to the drivers or they'll make appearances and stuff like that. So I was wondering if they do the same up there, which you just said they did, which is awesome. That just that extra interaction. Absolutely. Um, the day before the Pinty's race, we actually, nope. yes, we actually had um, NASCAR week here in Wetaskiwin uh, for the week prior to the Pinty's race. And the day before at the Wetaskiwin Mall, we actually had a uh, barbecue. We hosted a barbecue at the mall. Um, some NASCAR dri- uh, Pinty's drivers showed up with their haulers and their cars. Nice. Um Brett Taylor was here. Chantal Kalika was here. LP Desmoulin uh, made an appearance. His plane got got delayed in landing, so he actually showed up closer to the end of the event. Um, but we, uh, Chantal was there. Brett Taylor. They were doing autograph sessions with the fans that showed up for the barbecue, and you know it was just. And our local drivers were out there also. I mean, Tyrell and Sky Brenneman was there. Andrew Crandall, who became our um, Thundercard champion and Rookie of the Year for 2022. Congratulations, Andrew. He was also out there. Gary. And Gary Bushnell and his son Mitchell Bushnell was out there also. Uh, Gary won the Pure Stock Championship for uh, 2022 out here for this season. Uh, nice. Congratulations, Gary. Um, Gary's uh, been racing for quite some time, ever since I've been out at the racetrack. Um, Gary's been a fixture racing, and so's Mitchell. He's been a fixture in racing. Mitchell moved up a class into our Thunder car in a brand new vehicle for him. So the racing was really good, but we do, we have that interaction between the professional drivers as well as our local drivers. And, you know, we are local and we still are professional drivers, you know, at the end of the season, we do get a nice, wonderful check from NASCAR. (laughs) (laughs) That's important too. You know, so even at this local level, when you do get involved in the sport, it's, it's a professional sport. It's a, officially sanctioned even at the local level right from nascar i even have my nascar credentials uh, official license and a driver's license from them um needed to be done that in order to work out there and be yep. involved at this level you need it out there it so does, cost very much so does that give you the right to go to a nascar event and just a driver comes down sick sorry bubba wallace you're out i'm gonna drive this <laughs> I, I I don't know about that one, but I do know that, that I do know that I that I can make calls on the racetrack. Absolutely, at our at our local level track here, um, the Pinties and NASCAR officials they have their own. When they came to town, it's like it was them. They they ran the show, but you know we do at our local level. We do have a race director, Carrie. She's great. Um, she's the 
you know, um, I give my inputs as well as the rest of the officials. We, you know, we have to give our input. It's we do for the fans and it's for safety also. So that's why there's some rules that are there and, you know, that we are strict on and other rules that we're not. So, but. You know, that's short track racing. I mean, rubbing is racing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Outside of the um, the the NASCARs, well, when they come in there for the Pinties, for the buyer, um, what you, you mentioned a lot of different levels. How many events throughout the season before NASCAR rolls into town do you guys do? Oh, well, we run our season typically from June until September, and we're Every Saturday night, uh, nice. gates, o- gates open at four. Uh, green flag, <clears throat> sorry, green flag is usually sometime just after six o'clock, right after we do our opening festivities, including O Canada. And then we, you know, stack them up and rack them up and drop that green. And that's when our racing action starts. Um, there's a one weekend right after the Pinty series that we don't run. Um, we take a break. Um, it's usually our mid-season break, and then we're right back at it again. Um, and it's uh, local level. It's definitely we we can have anywhere between four to five, six classes out. We could go from our go all the way mini cups, future stocks, which is uh, thirteen to fifteen year olds, um, pure stocks, anybody from fifteen all the way up. 70 year olds 80 year olds if you want to drive a race car you can run in run in that one our thunder cars are pure or sorry i said the pure stocks thunder cars super stocks um imca modifieds run out here as well we're looking at developing some uh, oh our stacker class i love the stackers those are two cars on top of each other (laughs) (laughs) no seriously um the stackers are really popular with the kids. Um, myself and Iron Mike Sawyer, I call him Iron Mike because Mike, um, we worked together on our test drive program out there. And he raced in three cars on one night. He raced Super Stock, Thunder Car, and Stacker Car all in one night. So he earned a little nickname called Iron Man. Rightfully so. so. That's Rightfully I mean, so, yeah. One race wears out a driver, let alone three. Exactly, exactly. The next day, though, he was a hurt unit. He said, I should have <laughs> done that. But, you know, he enjoyed himself. But the stacker cars, really cool. Mike and myself got a chance to, to run a stacker car before the test drive um, on a Sunday. And it's different. Let me tell you, I was on the bottom car. And I was in control of the pedals. Mike was in the top car, and that's the guy who steers. <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty interesting. And the funny part is, in the bottom part of the stacker car that we were driving, and I believe it's in all the stacker cars, I think it is, that the steering column and steering wheel is still intact, but it's disengaged from the, <laughs> from the rack and everything, right? So here I am, I'm still holding on to the steering wheel. I'm controlling the pedals, and I'm steered at the wheel. On the, on the stacker car, and I'm, I'm going, yeah, Mike's up there. A lot of good this steering wheel's doing me. <laughs> we just took a look at it. Uh, we just we just pulled up a picture of it, and that actually looks like that'd be a lot of fun. Are you talking to the other driver at the same time? Like, do you guys there have is, headsets? There is no communication between <laughs> the two. So you work out, you can work out your own foot signals, you know, if you guys know Morris code and can tap it out really fast, you know, that would work out. <laughs> 
but I'm sure that the guys come up with with some, you know, code like one bang for this, two bangs for the, you know, something along that yeah. line. But it was only a quick little practice. Mike and I only turned like about five laps. Um, I loved it. I thought it was pretty pretty awesome. It's just the center of gravity in those cars are a little bit different, so <laughs> it requires a different approach into the turns than you would in a normal in a normal race car because you're a little bit lower to the ground on the car as yep. well. So um, I'm making it yeah. a point to see that this summer. Yep. Oh, it oh I was sold at barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Bar- barbecues and uh, for the NASCAR week and the barbecues and just the interaction and the stacker cars. That it's going to be a couple trips up north for me. Um, oh, glad. I, I hope to see you there, Kevin. If you do, come and scope me out in the fan in the fan stands, man. And you know, we have a good time. Um, we have a really fun game that we play at the start of intermission, um, which is just in between after our heat races are finished before we put on our feature event. Um, one of our sponsors at the racetrack is Heinz Ketchup. So they gave us a giant ketchup bottle, inflatable ketchup bottle. And we throw that into the stand, into the stands to the tune of Hamster Dance. <laughs> and whoever's holding on to that ketchup bottle, at the, whenever we pause it or stop the music, they win a nice little prize pack. Nice. Um, nice. From Edmonton International Raceway and some of our sponsors as well. So it, it's some fun fan interaction. It's mostly for the kids. You know, the kids really get a kick out of it. They run from one section of the grandstands to the other <laughs> one. So bring your little guy up. Look forward to seeing you guys. And we do, even at the racetrack, our concession stand has got phenomenal food phenomenal food perfect um, and affordable prices as well so that is a good thing we also have a breezeway bar for you know to have nice little adult beverages shall we say also again <laughs> at affordable prices and if people do have a little too many of those adult beverages all they need to do is scope out a member of, of the staff there um a member of our volunteer staff the volunteers of lanyards track officials are wearing track official uniforms all they need to do is stop them, say, hey, I've had too much to drink. Can you help get me home safe? You know, and we'll make sure 100% that they get home safe. Nice. That is we a fantastic program. Oh, yeah. It, you know, um, again, it's all about safety. Um, you know, we want fans to come back. That's, yeah. that's yeah. what it is. So we want to put on a 100% not only racing experience for the racers, but a fan experience. We want to be the number one fan destination this coming race season in 2023 um so stay tuned for edmonton uh, story stay tuned to our website edmontonraceway.com there's going to be some upcoming announcements um we know bear is coming back pinty series is coming back good uh for 2023 and I believe 2024 as well nice so dates are to be determined we'll know at the end of November, um, according to Pinty's, they were saying, and they made that public. Um, the new there's a new guy running Pinty Series in Canada. He said that he'll have the Pinty Series schedule out by the end of November. So I know Edmonton International Race will, will be on the schedule. We're hoping it's going to be for that same weekend in July. We kind of got used to that. So, um, but there's a lot of other interesting new developments that are going to be happening also in the upcoming not only 2023 race season, but 2024 and beyond that as well. Nice. Um, you talked about being a DJ and getting the crowd hyped up. 
What kind of music are you playing to get the crowd into it? A oh, bit more? well, uh, uh, it's a different mix. I don't. I go with it's like um, new modern country rock mixed in with some classic country rock music, as well as some. I'm a hair metal guy. I mean, nice. I grew up with Def Leppard, you yep. know, yep. so. So I play some hair metal, you know, I throw that in on occasion as well. And I do have, since we do have a nice East Coast population out here in Alberta, um, I do throw in uh, kind of a couple Newfie songs here and there. Um, My wife is from Newfoundland. So, and I do a shout out actually to, and I say it, I, I do a shout out to my East Coast fans. I go where my East Coast fans out there, and I get cheers from the crowd. There we go. See, there's Avery puts his hand up, so, and it, and then and then I play it, play you know upbeat Newfie music, and you know there were kids dancing, there was kids doing backflips, playing some songs, and I was playing. Um, I'll scour the internet and find some really obscure and i do mean obscure music <laughs> um there's a song i play from a group called reckless love they are they've been in around for about 20 some years but they're overseas they're from i think finland or sweden i'm not really i think sweden and these guys put on they play some tunes that just are like take me back to early days of Def Leppard, like hysteria days of Def Leppard. Um, So they have a song called Loaded. I play that one a few times. And then they have another one, which is perfect for the racetrack. It's called Outrun. And I try to squeeze that one in there because it involves racing. And that's what I do. I try to find music that's upbeat um, and and racing just to get everybody going and stuff like that. So I don't, don't personally i don't like mellow slow music waltzes <laughs> sappy stuff is what i call it i don't like it that's something i will not play while i'm at edmonton international raceway um on a race night it, <laughs> it's it, it it brings the energy level down yeah. and we want to have that energy level built right up because believe it or not if the fans are hyped up the drivers in the pits are a little bit more hyped up as well and they put on more more of um of a show it's not just a couple of races where you've got you know people walking away with it they'll keep it tight for a while you'll have a few breakaway cars but then they'll pack it you know you'll get your cars in the back of the pack that are beating and banging and putting on the show right so it, it again it's all about the experience so it starts from the the music level for the fans and it just trickles down to the drivers. And I start the music when I get out there a little bit earlier, even before the fans started going in. Because the racers, they're out in the pits. They got their little bar- hibachis going and <laughs> cooking burgers. But we also have our staff that are there that, you know, that are working behind the scenes. Rob's got his concession people, you know, so... Um, it, everybody's getting ready to put on the show. So it's like, okay, let's get the music going and get the people, you know, let's get our frontline staff going. When the frontline staff is going, the guests start coming in and they're greeted by happy, energetic people. They get energetic in return. That energy just spreads right around to everybody. And then at the end of the race night, at the end of the night, I'm telling you, when that adrenaline wears off, I crash, man. I crash. (laughs) 
is that the same when you were a driver as well like oh yeah it was worse as a driver i mean i would be pacing around this house all like race day i was just so anxious just to get out to the racetrack um and i i wasn't a very good racer i admit it and i did you know have a lot of on-track incidents and stuff like that but a lot of it was not my fault you know and some of it you know it was due to my inexperience which i admit that and most of it was not, so it was it was fun. It was fun, but yeah, the adrenaline level it starts for me on a race day. Even when I'm i racing, if when I know I'm going to i race, I'm sitting here vibrating in my chair <laughs> with the steering wheel in front of me, going, "Come on, guys, let's go! I want this to to, to go." And it's oh yeah, it, it, it takes quite a while, and it and it's not just again on a race night. We'd run a test drive program out there at Edmonton International Raceway. And what that is, is the general public can take a test drive in our race cars. Nice. It's I'm total- on my way. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can make that happen for you. Um, it's a total of 15 laps. But before we put you into the race car, Ron walks everybody around the racetrack explains how to drive the racetrack, do's and don'ts of what you should do when you're on the racetrack, and if you run into trouble on what you should do. Then after, but that takes about 45 minutes. So when you come back into the pits, we put you into a race suit, snap your pictures, and then we put you into the race car. We strap you down, bolt you in, and you get five pace laps. And basically... Ron is driving the lead car, and our test drivers are following behind Ron. Uh, It's usually Rob who's up in the flag stand, but if Rob can't be up in the flag stand, I take over for him. So you get five pace laps, and then after the five, we drop the green flag, and you do 10 laps at speed. And what we mean by at speed is however comfortable the person feels like driving. We had a few people this year that really pushed Ron. And what I mean by that is one of the guys took the Richard Petty driving experience. Oh, at, yeah, he took that experience at um, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. That was last year. He comes and he does our test drive at the early part of this year. And he was right on Ron. Like we tell him to stay two to three car lengths behind him. No way. He was right there. I mean, you couldn't put a sheet of paper in between the front bumper (laughs) of his car and the rear bumper of Ron's car. But Ron knew that this guy was totally 100% in control of that race car. And he turned the fastest race lap, sorry, non-race laps on a test drive that I have seen in my, this, I just completed four years of working on the test drive program out there at the racetrack on a volunteer basis. Wow. So, yeah. So I don't get I don't get paid to to work out there. I I do it all volunteer. Love it. That's how much I love this sport. I nice. I work for free. <laughs> you know <laughs> that there's that shows you how much passion I have, and I'm yep. not the only one. We we have so many people out there who are just as passionate as I am. But we had this test drive. So you get ten laps in the race car at however speed you want. If you can't control the car, obviously Ron is not going to go faster. So you're kind of limited in what you can do. We have one rule, 
Andy, you get the black flag for this. You cannot pass Ron. You get the black flag for that. <laughs> That's the only time that I've seen the black flag come out was if somebody tried to pass Ron. But we make it we make it safe for everybody. We we put cones halfway down the racetrack. Like we we basically cut the racetracks within half so that people are driving more on the inside of the of the track, not close to the wall. Just in oh, case, okay. you know. Yeah, yeah. So in case, and trust me, there are people that do lose control and hit the cones. Uh, we've had a few people do that. Um, fortunately, it uh, doesn't damage the car, which is really good. Um, but you know, the poor cones take quite a beating, and <laughs> you know, um, it, it's all part and parcel to it. So it, it's a really good time. That's just one of the many different events that we have that goes on throughout the race season over at that track. We do many different corporate events as well, team building events. Um, we, kids birthday parties, uh, kids birthday parties. We put the kids in the cars on a race night and do a ride along with the birthday kids and all that. Oh, the, the kids just love it. They're hanging out of the windows of the, well, former windows <laughs> of the race cars, waving to the fans and the parents and the parents are snapping pictures of the kids. In the Hayden cars. will not be listening to this episode. <laughs> well, I was going to ask, can we do that for adults? <laughs> You know what? They have a ride-along program also. That if you don't want to drive the race car, we actually strap you in beside Ron inside a two-seater race car. And instead of doing a test drive, it's 15 laps. And this time, Ron does not hold back. So nice. you really feel <laughs> the centrifugal force going around turn nice. one, turn two, even holding it like our racetrack. You think it's an oval, but it's not a true oval. It's a D-shaped oval. So if you take a look at a satellite shot of it, it's a D-shaped racetrack. So the only time you're holding the steering wheel straight on our track is for a couple of seconds, literally, on the front stretch. The rest of the time, you're holding a turn. You're holding a turn. It just depends on the sharpness. My favorite turns are turn one. And turn four, turn one, because that track widens out and turn four, when you come out of turn four, that wall creeps right back up on you. And there's so many people that come close to hitting that wall. It's just unbelievable. So do they get about three wide or four wide after turn one or what? We've seen them go two wide, three wide for sure. Um, We've had it. We went three wide and a and. I believe the second or third race of the Thunder Cars this season, they went three wide and Josh Ginsel driving the 56 Mustang, he held the outside line, which is where you don't want to be yep. in turn, like midway through turn three and four in the transition. He held it all the way through, completed the pass as that wall was creeping up in turn four. Best move I saw all race season uh, like that was just phenomenal and then the pinties guys get here and they're doing like two wide three wide <laughs> and it's like unbelievable it's like oh yeah so it's it, oh yeah it's not uncommon not uncommon the track is not a speed track it's it's too too small so you got to time your it's really hard to pass so you got to time your passes and it's just just fun being a racer and it's fun being a fan to watch the racing out here so you say it's more about the technical aspects and those smaller details that you have to tune into 
smaller details, absolutely. The preferred racing line is on the inside, especially into into the turns, right? So everybody's trying to protect that inside line. Um, the key is if you could run the inside line, but also be able to pass on the and hold the passing on the outside. Those are the guys that are guys and gals, sorry, um, that are extremely successful. How many women are in the uh, series that are running across? Because I mean. You, you don't have anyone in NASCAR down south anymore now that um, Danica's has finished up, but it sounds like there's a lot of women involved with it up north. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, up here, I know on our local track level, we got quite a few females and, and lady racers out here and, and young teenage girls um, as well that are out here racing um, yeah, all the way uh, in our future stocks to our pure stocks um erica Thiering, she is also um she was track champion in our super stock class for so many years she even had a pinty series ride nice you know? um um chantal kalika she raced out here but she's in the pinty series um thunder cars it'd be great to see some la- some ladies driving in the thunder car class it'd be be good that one's more dominated towards the guys we did have this one girl, she showed up. Um, we don't know what happened to her. She hasn't come back yet. So, and racing in the Thunder Cars. But virtually every class, um, we have a, definitely a lady driver. IMCAs, I've, I haven't seen one race uh, racing the IMCA Modifieds. But in our NASCAR classes, yep, definitely. Definitely. Um, I invite the ladies to come on out. I mean... Um, the ladies are more competitive than the guys. I think um, you get uh, you get a bunch of them together, and it's like, holy jeez, man, they could put on a good show too. Well, down in the states, um, Haley Deegan just started and uh, moved Xfinity. up to Xfinity from the Truck Series. From the Truck Series, absolutely. And she, yeah. she's, I mean, she's proven herself over the last few years, and she's battled it out. And I think even if it's not a short track race that she's in. She bumps and grinds like it is a short track race. Yeah, she does. She is that she does. And then, yeah, she's, uh, they put her through the paces. That is for sure, especially in the truck series. But you know what? She's definitely proved herself in that way. She held tough with the, with, uh, with the big boys. I mean, definitely held tough with them. So yeah. And Xfinity, I mean, she did just debut. Was it last weekend she debuted or was it the weekend before? Within the last two weeks. With, yeah, it was in the last couple of weeks that she debuted in the Xfinity. Um, but if she keeps going the way she is, yeah, she'll have a cup ride in probably a couple more years. She just needs that opportunity to grow a bit more. Yes. Seat time, seat time is what we say. Well, more seat time, the better. Exactly. And they're not rushing it. Like, I mean, the last few years you've had, you know, like your Ty Gibbs and stuff like that bouncing up out of Xfinity. A little quick in my opinion, but I don't have the experience to judge it. But you don't hear them in Xfinity running x amount of hours before they get moved up but then people in the last few years you've had a handful of people retire say oh well, I'm, I'm done so now they kind of scramble for the, the new driver yep that's exactly right that's exactly right so and you know and a lot of guys now that the season is approached uh the, well sorry the cup guys they got two more races yep uh and then they're done uh xfinity's got two more races and the truck guys got one more race and then they're done for the season so um there's a lot of uncertainty of who's going to go where 
you know, um, one of the biggest answers was Kyle, was where was Kyle Busch going to go? Well, they answered that one. He's going to be back behind the wheel of a Chevy next year for children's racing. So. Yep. That was a Kyle's a hell of a driver. His yep. cockiness and sometimes his mouth gets away on him, which does add to the excitement. But I think yeah. Joe Gibbs, Toyota, M&Ms, they really dropped it on keeping him. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, that, and you know what? You brought up Ty. Ty, that's where, I hate to say it, that's probably where he's going to end up being next year. Yep. They're not making any announcement. They're going to wait till the end of the season. You know, and Ty's probably going to be driving that number 18. Yep. Um, and who's who's going to be primary sponsor? We have no idea because it's not Snickers M&M's anymore. Nope. I mean, and that's, I mean, I'm sure it's the same with the late models, the the Pinty series up here. I mean, you need that sponsorship dollars just for the parts oh. and the stuff and, you know, the fuel and the travel and things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. We wouldn't even do it at the local track level without our sponsors, you know, um, when I was racing in the pure stock class and um, I had, I had a couple of sponsors. You know, and that's even, that's a driving a four cylinder front wheel drive Cavalier. Yep. You know, I, 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 we as racers rely on sponsors at Edmonton International Raceway running the track. We also rely on our sponsors. You know, it's this sport. We, that racing in general is, would be nowhere without the sponsors. We need sponsorship dollars to keep this sport growing and to make it um, relevant and, and exciting again. You know, and look um, where it's come with the expansion in with with F one going to Vegas next year, and they just hit Miami this year. So I mean, that proves the the money right there. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's the thing. It's it's all about money, and if if money can bring in the racing and bring in the revenue dollars that the sport needs and tracks need to survive, hey, I'm all in. Absolutely. I'm all in. We can't be losing racetracks. Racetracks are clo- were closing at a phenomenal rate, but now there's kind of been a resurgence. You know, okay, North Wilkesboro—they're on a comeback right now. I mean, that was a track that was abandoned and was, you know, going decrepit, and all of a sudden there was a resurgence there, and they brought that car back, or sorry, that track back. Um, I think I, that. Credited to Dale Jr. and his team for doing that uh, series on Peacock of uh, lost tracks and stuff. Lost tracks. They ta- talked about that. And as soon as they mentioned North Wilkesburg coming back, I was so excited because I remember watching, not live, but I mean, seeing it on TV of them running there 20 years ago. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I got a chance to, and I do have a chance to run the iRacing version, the virtual version on that, on North Wilkesboro as well in many different virtual race cars and i'm telling you that is a fun little racetrack what that, what is that, the distance on that one is that a half I mile i believe it's it's a quarter, quarter oh wow okay mile. yeah i'm not really too sure i'd have to pull up my iRacing racing stats <laughs> to find all that out if we were going to talk iRacing, racing i would have done that <laughs> i think yeah, we could I, do another podcast just on iRacing. racing absolutely Hey, I'm in on that one, guys. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it's something you, you're involved with it. I want to get involved with it. I took my little laptop. Oh. I think we're good. Are we still? Are we good? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, we had another technical difficulty. I know exactly okay. what's going on. <laughs> um, I mean, you're you're involved with it. I I'm looking at it. I went down to Best Buy. I said, hey, you know, 
I want to look into eventually getting a system going so I can do iRacing. And he said, go to Memory Express, build it yourself. Yeah. I'm like, perfect. So now I want to research that. It won't be ready for next year, but I, I want to give myself a, a good year to put something together. And even if it's just sitting on the desk and I have a steering wheel and gas pedals, it's something to start with. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a start. That's what I've done. I mean, that's I got my monitor. She's clamped down to the desk in front of me. I've built a little contraption. It's kind of a U-shaped contraption that I clamp down to the arms of my IKEA poang chair. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I, I and I made it out of like a recycled wood pallet, and that's what I stra- uh, clamp my steering wheel to, and then I got my pedals in front of me. So. Oh yeah, we do what we got to do. I want to get a motion sim. That is my ultimate. I got to get myself a motion sim because there, there is a lot of a takeaway when you go from being inside real world race cars to jump on the virtual world and not have that tactile feel. I am so missing that tactile feel by driving by the seat of my pants. And what we mean by that is when I'm eye racing, I can see the I can see my car, I can see the car losing control, but I can't feel it losing control. Yeah. You know, oh, if okay. I lose the yeah. back end, I'm not feeling it. I could see it sort of because the, the front end gets away from me a little bit. So that's how I do my corrections in the, in real world racing, man, you feel when that, when you're just losing on the verge of losing it and you're making your corrections. So I'm, I'm not as competitive on iRacing as I should be because I'm missing that tactile feel in it, and yeah. therefore I'm losing that tactile response. Well, you um, saw a lot of the rigs that these, I mean, these guys are getting paid lots of dollars to run their sponsorships and their um, cars down in NASCAR. But when you, when the pandemic kicked in and shut everything down and they went to iRacing, which really brought it to life because it's always been around, but never as popular, but you got to see, what Dale Jr. was running or what Denny Hamlin was running. And they would act, they were starting to broadcast it on TV out of these guys' houses with their iRacing things. And it's just, I totally get it with the movement of the stuff. And then until Denny's daughter turned off the, the TV one time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. That was, that was really good. He wrecks out the whole field and <laughs> comes back on. I'm sorry, guys. That was <laughs> yeah, but hey, that's the thing. It's it happens, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, those rigs are really, really, really awesome and expensive. Absolutely. So, you know, we all got to start somewhere. Yeah. And it, to bring to bring that up, um, they should when the pandemic did first hit, and they were showing iRacing races on NASCAR.com. They actually showed Ross Chastain's setup, and all his was was his little laptop computer strapped to a desk in a um with the steering wheel strapped to his de- uh, like a table in his garage with a lawn chair sitting there <laughs> so that was his i racing setup he was totally not prepared to yep. do that whereas Danny Hamlin Dale Jr um um Chase Elliott all these other guys they had these big huge sophisticated $80,000 rigs like oh man that's like drool central well, and then know, Jeff Gordon brought gets, his in, and so did uh, Clint Boyer. And Clint Fox Boyer, was covering yeah. it, so they were doing it in studio. Yeah, and that was pretty cool. I thought that was really funny. 
So and and Clint Boyer, he's just a a, a big jokester anyway. So I had the pleasure of meeting him and just love the guy to death. Yeah, yeah, you were saying that when we were speaking on the phone prior. So yeah, I I actually look forward to hitting the stateside and and meeting a couple of these drivers and especially Clint Boyer for sure. Absolutely, for sure. Yep. He, oh yeah, he definitely brings a life to any party. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I've been enjoying this chat, uh, but. I think we're running out of time on our podcast, but I'd love to do this again. Uh, I just sat back and just listened to you guys talk, and it was really fun for me. And <laughs> you know what? This was this was really fun, guys. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. Thanks for coming on. It, it was such a, such a joy to get the phone call and everything. And you know, it just the last few episodes, you know, Avery and I were going out and exercising, God forbid. (laughs) (laughs) And so we're like, oh man, this is so awesome. You know, like we can get someone else in and man, I've really enjoyed it. And I mean, come I racing season, if you want to bounce back on or when you get closer to the tracks uh, pod coming on, shoot us a message or something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Just before we end there, I did, um, create a podcast um, sponsored by Edmonton International Raceway. There's actually two versions of the podcast. One's going to be a video cast. Um, it's going to be uh, Turn in Laps with Mr. Smiley. Uh, Mr. Smiley is my nickname that I got from the racetrack. Um, several pe- several of my fellow co-workers and fellow racers, they call it that nickname got earned right from day one. Nice. You know, I was always out at the racetrack with a smile on my face, even now. So, it's it's always there. So Mr. Smiley. So turning laps with Mr. Smiley, uh, sponsored by Edmonton International Raceway, and turning laps with Mr. Smiley on iRacing. That one's going to be broadcast on uh, Facebook Live on turning laps with Mr. Smiley's Facebook page. Nice. So that one's that one's going to be out a lot sooner because I'm all set up to do that one. But yes, turn in laps with Mr. Smiley. That one's going to be coming on. I'm not sure when. Very shortly. I'm reaching out to Pinty Series drivers to get some interviews with them, but it's going to be featuring a lot of local racing from from Edmonton International Raceway. We're going to feature awesome. a lot of our local nice. stars. You know, we want to build up more, you know, um, more of a fan base for our drivers out here. Nice. You know, I want my goal is I want to not only pack the main grandstands for 2023, but I want to pack our overflow stands every race night, nice. every race night. I don't want to see an empty seat in that building. Um, no, sorry, not building, but at the racetrack, I don't want to see an empty seat. So, yeah. um, and it was great talking with you guys. This was awesome. a great experience. Yeah, no, I, I'm, awesome. I'm going to be up there a few times. I, I, I know that I'll, I'll be up for a few races. I just, I mean, I might even just, you know, whether it's, Avery and I, or my son and I, or just, you know, might do a follow-up just from the stands. I mean, just looking at some of the footage from TSN, the spotter stand is fantastic and just the grandstands themselves. So I'm, I'm looking forward to winter getting done and getting up there. Oh, me too. I don't like it during the off season. <laughs> Can't stand the off season. Race season's too short. Winter's way too long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Definitely. All right, guys. Yeah, thanks again for being on. This was no, thank terrific. you. And anytime you guys want me on, man, I'd be happy to come back. Great. Awesome, appreciate it, Kev. Great, uh, appreciate it, Kev. Avery, take care. It was a pleasure meeting both of you guys. Thank you. Take care, guys. You too. Bye. Bye.